Hello everybody and welcome to another one of my podcasts and I promised myself in 2019 I would do things a bit differently and get guests uh, on uh, this podcast and I'm very pleased to announce I have um, followed through on that and I have my very first guest, uh, Helen Galazzi from uh, iDiscover and she is awesome. I followed her on stage I think at Legal Geek last year I think it was and we had seven minutes Seven minutes. Seven minutes to yeah. talk about our varying, uh, our varying um, subjects. And Helen talked about emotional intelligence. Yeah, I always get this wrong. So hearing Helen talk, it was just fascinating um, hearing a snippet of that. And then we had, um, uh, and then we had a session uh, further where I talked through a little bit more around what she does and um, how I discover uh, works with um, their, uh, their clients. So I thought, what better than to get Helen as the first guest uh, on our podcast. So, Helen. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. That is quite all right. Who are you? What do you do? I am an executive and life coach uh, at iDiscover, and I teach courses on emotional intelligence as well as adaptability intelligence, both for individuals but also into businesses, really helping people elevate their thinking and um, and develop and and really thrive in life rather than just survive. So what is emotional, um, what did you say? Intelligence, intelligence yeah. Uh, emotional intelligence. I am listening. No, of course. Uh, there's quite a few different schools of thought around it, but in the I Discover framework very much, it starts with self-awareness and really understanding yourself. Uh, and that is sort of the starting point for any type of intelligence as far as we're concerned. And particularly with emotional intelligence, it's really understanding your drivers, your motivations or inspirations, your actual values rather than aspired values, and, and really how this impacts your emotions. And then from there, you can then really look at other people and, and really do the same thing, um, understanding where they're coming from, getting into their world, and therefore understanding their emotions from that level as well. There's a lot of words in there. There's That's lots a, there's of words. There's a lot of stuff, yeah, here, a in, lot a of stuff in there. So um, let's kind of break that down a bit. You you said that you're um you know a life coach, personal development, that, that yes, kind of stuff. Exactly. And it's around this concept of uh, emotional uh, intelligence. Mm. And so, if I were someone that you were working with, what does this look like in kind of the the real world? My listeners aren't idiots, but treat me like an idiot. <laughs> Of course. Well, it, um, first of all, it, as, as I was saying, it really starts with getting to understand yourself more. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's actually it's interesting how much we go through life without taking the time to really reflect on what's going on for us and really understanding where things are coming from or why we're doing things in certain ways. So it really all starts with that. And the best way to start to do that is to ask yourself questions and, and quality questions. So... Mm-hmm. You know what am I, and also to look at your actions about what you're already doing because that's giving you huge indications on what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And you know the old adage of listen, well, listen to what people listen, watch what people do, not, don't listen to yeah. what people say. Oh, I don't even know. It. <laughs> um, it, it's really true because um, any human being we're designed to fulfil ourselves, mm-hmm. and so by really just observing our own actions, we can actually get a real insight into what's going on um, in our minds as well. Okay. So, so look at the things you prioritise and 
start to look where you know you're choosing to spend your time yeah or or why it is that you're going to work i mean Every single person. No, seriously, because you know. <laughs> I think a lot of people sometimes question why, why they, you know, you sit there on a yeah. Monday morning. Why the hell am I doing this? Absolutely, and but but also, you know, the person who's sitting next to the person questioning, who is also questioning, that they're actually doing it for different reasons. So, person A might be doing it because of the, you know, the stability for their family, or the professional reputation, or you know, um, you know, financial freedom, or it could be the intellectual stimulation. Whereas the other person might be doing it more for the social aspect or more the actual you know, subject matter of the work or they like working in a fast-paced environment. Mm -hmm. But so often we, we take it for granted, especially with the people we work with. We think, you know, they must, we assume almost that everyone's doing it for the reasons that we are. Um, but it is, um, it's an interesting thing to do with yourself. You're being, you're, you know, every human being is doing a job for a particular reason. Yeah. And so, you know, asking yourself, actually, what is this giving me? Is it, you know, I, a shorter commute? Is it access to a particular people and network or, or whatever, or the ability to build my own business? I mean, I mean, for you, for example, what would you say, working in what you do at the moment, what, what's it giving you? Freedom? Well, if, well, first off, as a guy, it's an awesome mm. question. Uh, if I kind of take a step back to when I was in the corporate world, mm. why, why was I doing what I was doing? Yeah, it was, it was to earn money to pay the mortgage and maintain a lifestyle that we've become very fortunate uh, to become accustomed to, um, both my wife and I um, work, but was it massively fulfilling? Not 100%. Uh, where I am now, the situation was forced upon me, in some respects, through, through redundancy, and that's forced me to actually ask some of these questions of myself back then and you know we discussed last time my father passed away somewhat um, suddenly a couple of years ago to uh, to cancer which then becoming a parent resets your whole your whole kind of view on uh, on life and life is too short and you don't want to have uh, regrets and so you know with Tim and Adam we we did what we did and we took the plunge and we're three years into building this business but why do I do what I do now and um, I've just finished this amazing book called Getting um, Naked by Peter Lincioni. Awesome, separate subject. Genuinely, um, I want to help clients. I don't mean that in a kind of um, contrite way. I get genuine pleasure out of helping people understand something that they don't necessarily understand. And then when you see that light bulb moment go, and you see the whole change in their, their kind of perception on what this thing called social media is and how it can help them fulfill almost their Simon Sinek, their why, if you will, that is awesome. And that's why I get out of bed every day and do what I do. The byproduct is great, I get paid fees to do that. I get to spend a hell of a lot more time with the kids than I see my peers who are partners at law firms and accounting firms and yeah they earn really good money but do they get to see much of their family not as much as they probably they probably like so that's kind of my why but I had to have quite a shock to the system kind of two shocks to the system if you will in order for that to really crystallize sure and, and um, that makes complete sense because I mean, to take those two sort of positions, um, you know, someone, someone who's a partner at a law firm, 
what is what is the evidence there is that financial stability or building wealth is something that's that's mm-hmm. more important than perhaps than something like freedom or or you know the, the I don't know more flexibility around their work and and that's great and that's fine but it's really just acknowledging it whereas lots of I think a lot of us can be sort of say you know I don't know why I'm doing this I just have to and it's like and I think the important thing is to think no it is actually giving you something so mm-hmm. what is that thing is it the stability and if so great then stability is important to you but just acknowledge it and also yeah. for you having these shocked systems um, it sounds a bit like sort of the priorities changed a bit so family you know almost it sounds like went up the scale a bit and it, I mean yes I mean as I said having, having children just kind of your whole view on life changes completely and everything you are doing is 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 was for them uh, you know there were two things there was financial pressures mm-hmm. because you know, my wife um, you know she works very hard but we can't live on one salary at the um, uh, we can't live on one salary and one has a mortgage so there was still that pressure and certainly this you know looking day one of the new dawn January 2017 going right I have no clients I've got six months to make this work what do I do just go out and um, uh, and do it but I think that if Nicola hadn't pushed me, I could have easily just kept the nice redundancy check in the bank for a rainy day and um, just gone back into the corporate drudgery and just done what I, uh, done what I had um, done previous, uh, previously. So kind of building, what's the, what do you see as the impact of people not doing this? Not acknowledging. So not, not acknowledging yeah. the kind of the, the, the why am I doing this? Why am I coming to work? What's my purpose in life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure, of course, and it, you know it's it's super super common. Um, you, um, it's almost like imagine you have your hands on a, a wheel of a car, but then mm-hmm. you're driving this way, but then you're looking out the window. Right. So you're you know driving your life in one direction, but you're looking over there, being like, oh, that's really nice. Oh, I wish I was over there. Yeah. And so it means that you're not as present in life. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or it means also that people are constantly comparing you know, themselves to other people who are, who are doing different things, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age where there's so much choice about yeah. what we do professionally. I think, I think you know, so many people wake up every day because there is so much choice now and think, am I doing mm-hmm. you know, the right thing for me? And you know, about that, I would say, I don't think there is one right thing. I think there are many different things that yeah. you can do. There's a whole spectrum where you'll be fulfilled. Um, but it's but it's maybe um, I, I think what can happen though is pe- pe- people just end up wishing they were somewhere else a lot of the time and not really you know being you know in mm-hmm. there they're almost like ghosts at work or you know it's it's very much they have their their work persona their home persona and and live these two very separate lives which which you know can it's it's it means that you know it causes a lot of stress a lot of tension yeah. and and I'm not saying you know everyone must you know go out and find, find themselves I don't I don't actually subscribe to that at all um, because I think you can find you find meaning in anything you mm-hmm. do if you if you choose to re-engage with it and you, okay. you and you get creative yeah um, so I don't I, you know I really don't subscribe to that you know you must go find your purpose because that is also super overwhelming yeah it's like have I have I found the thing and <laughs> I, I just don't I I, 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 I just I don't, you know setting yourself up like that is, yeah. is really like really hard and, and you never know if you get there or not no. so um, it's more about sort of acknowledging what where you are is what's you know what it's giving you at the moment 
Um, and you know, if, if you are really discontent in a job or super unfulfilled, um, then you know, it's asking yourself, you know, if where I am at the moment is giving me certain things, yeah. what are the things either that, that are missing, or what are the things I have now that actually, if I lost them, would make me more stressed and more worried. So for example, some people who have very high values on, you know, financial stability, mm-hmm. for them just, you know, quit a corporate career, it's just, you know, it's not realistic. Yep. But, you know, knowing that financial stability is important, you can, you can plan for that. If you, if you want to move, you know, in a different direction, you plan for it, you take the time, you make a strategy, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, you need this financial stability through, but you might want to pivot slightly. So, so that's kind of how I view, you know, the whole thing about um, careers and changing careers as well. It's, it's just acknowledging what is important to you first and foremost. Okay. And I like the analogy of, um, you know, driving the car, but looking out the, you know, looking out the window and... You know, keeping up with Joneses, if you will, and we all know the grass is very rarely greener on the other side of the uh, of the fence. And how do you see things like social media kind of impacting this around this perfect life oh, that yeah. we all wow. we all project, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I just feel like I'm. I'm not sure what you, you how you feel about it, but I certainly feel like it's it's increased well there are lots of studies around the fact actually that it's increased levels of depression because mm-hmm. people are people are constantly comparing their life to as you know a fantasy yeah and no one well a few a few people do but quite rarely do people say oh i had 10 client meetings today and not a single one wanted my services you know we we, yeah. <laughs> we celebrate the successes or you know had this great holiday but you know had a massive fight with my dad you know um, and so it's, it's, it's funny, it's almost to the stage where, you know, if you, if you put it like that, it's funny, but it's actually, it's actually quite scary, I think, yeah. and, and it's really sad, um, and we, I think we all, we all end up doing it, but, um, I mean, for me, I think there's something about, you know, regulating how much mm-hmm. we, we use certainly things like Instagram, um, and, you know, not checking it every time we go to the loo. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because otherwise, we all do. yeah, exactly. Um, and and you know, with, with things like LinkedIn, obviously, it's 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 for business. So it's 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 for me. It's about being really purposeful around that. Um, and you know, I I, I wonder what you would say because you are, you're on LinkedIn all the time, which I love. Um, do you? How do you end up managing your 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 side of social it's, media? I mean, I went through. I mean, I hate Instagram, but I've got to understand it yeah, because everything's course. filtered, everything's perfect. And there's the, um, I don't know if you saw last, I don't know, I'm into cooking and food, but there's a new program called Crazy Delicious, which is on last night with Heston Blumenthal and basically all these chefs basically create these outlandish um, kind of reinventing or re-engineering dishes. Absolutely incredible. But what the purpose of the program is, um, it was the Swedish um, Michelin, Michelin star chef who said this, I think brilliant. He said the problem with Instagram, he was talking about food, there are all these amazing pit of food that looks amazing. Does it actually taste any good? Yeah. And so what they're trying to build is food that looks amazing. These chefs don't want food to look, you know, Instagrammable, but it actually tastes good. And that kind of got me thinking around this whole thing around social, social media, LinkedIn. Yeah, I was obsessed with, you know, the vanity metrics initially and oh my God, it was trying to validate me, us in terms of what we are uh, we're doing. But then I kind of got over myself going, come on, you're a 42 year old 
almost 42 year old man. Um, you're not going to be an influencer, but you ser- I believe I have influence within my micro market in terms of professional services around what I do, and we have influence within, within the sphere of, um, uh, of social selling. And it comes back to, does what we do taste good, I guess, for the clients? I is the, you know, use, continuing the food analogy, the proof is in the pudding. Because anybody can write a post about how to get 100,000 views. Anybody can write anything on social media, right? Absolutely. Actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. Anybody Absolutely. can write anything they want, and then you know, fake news. And do we, uh, do we believe it? How, does that imp- has that? Does it impact me psychologically? I sometimes look at Instagram posts of friends and family, think, oh god, and I think, hang on a second. I know they've got kids. I know it's not a perfect holiday. I know they've had arguments. I know how tiring it is. They just want to share the happy bit yeah. in um, in life, but. You know, dare I say that we are, I'm not going to ask how old you are because you never asked lady that, but you know, I'm a zenial. Very happy to share. So um, I've grown up in a time where none of this existed. Exactly, me too. But yeah. understand, I've been, you know, we've been through every single iteration of social media, so mm-hmm. we know before and now we know after and we can build that, we can draw on that life experience, dare I say it, of when life was considerably easier. And, um, you know, you didn't wear helmets when you were riding your bikes and you needed 10p to make the phone call on the phone box. And if you were late, you were late, you got told off by your parents. Or when you picked up the phone and had to have a five minute conversation with your friend's parents. So, you know, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, oh, how are you today? I still have phone stuff. numbers I know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of my, well, I'm just going to post, my, a lot of my, um, yeah, I've used my phone numbers for passwords and stuff way back when. Um, so, yeah, I... I can recognise when I'm starting to get sucked into the, but then I fear that uh, there are others that don't, the younger generation that don't. Then the 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 inverse in in this kind of emotional state, if you will, is we work with clients, and you touched on lawyers. You know, lawyers, accountants, and certainly is is my space, but clients across the piece. This kind of fear factor, and this this this, and I'm trying to segue back into the emotional kind of intelligence piece, this fear of lack of understanding yeah. and admitting that they have a lack of understanding when they come from an environment where they have to be right and they have to be perfect and they're paid huge amounts of money by their clients to get it right, which must put, well, we see it. I mean, you've seen recently this spate of, you know, sadly, suicides in the legal sector where partners have decided that they can't, go on for what you know for, for whatever reason and kind of mental health and that kind of thing but the, the amount of pressure that must put they're putting on themselves Absolutely. to deliver without actually thinking about their own mental well-being and the impact that has on all sorts of things I guess I mean you know, back to you on that yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually started out my career as a corporate lawyer, so okay. I'm, um, you know, I'm familiar with that world to yeah. a certain extent. And you know, it's, it's an incredibly high-pressured environment, and um, I mean, right the way from being a trainee, and then as you go up, right the way through to you know, partnerhood—is that what we call it? Partnerhood, partnership. That's what we call it. Partnerhood. I think we should call it partnerhood. And weird handshakes. Partnership. Um, and, and it doesn't ease off at any point, that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, it's really, um, I mean, I have, I have lots of you know, friends still in the industry and a lot of them tell me that it does still feel 
like a bit of a you know a machine and you know you're sweatshop a, yeah like. you're on a running machine but but it's it's super high pressured and and um you know admitting that you don't know so being vulnerable in um such a hierarchical as yeah. well industry in particular and, it, and it's you know it's similar in accountancy mm-hmm. um i didn't have first-hand experience there but um but i, I do know you know my dad was in council i do know it's very similar yeah. And, um, you know, you, you have this hierarchical structure and suddenly with something like social media, actually the most junior people are the people probably who are the most savvy and the, with the most knowledge, particularly when it comes to things like social media. Yeah. And so actually, you know, for people to put their hands up and say, I don't know what I'm doing at that senior level is, you know, they probably often view it as weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as you say, they're, they're paid to be right, but it's... I think it's um, it's something that's becoming more and more, um, you know, mental health in the sector, and, and um, upskilling people to be able to deal with um, you know difficulties and challenge and and really working on their mental resilience or um, adaptability, um, which is also the other thing that we we look at mm-hmm. and discover is really the AQ. So the adversity intelligence, adversity intelligence or adaptability intelligence. So adversity intelligence or adapt adaptability intelligence. Exactly. It's like me trying to spell acquisition. I, I can never spell the word acquisition. It's basically mental resilience, but said okay. in a new way. Okay. Um, so AI in terms of AQ. AQ. Yes. Adapt- exactly. See, I've forgotten already. Adapt- adaptability intelligence. Adaptability <laughs> intelligence. Exactly. What's the Q then? A Q is quotient, which is you know um, e, um, I Q traditionally yeah. is is the old in inter intellectual quotient right. um, or information quotient depending sort of which school of thought. Mm-hmm. E Q is emotional intelligence. A Q adaptability or adversity intelligence. Right. So let's break the. So the emotional intelligence is that the is that the why is that what we've been talking about? Or yeah, that's the E Q. So the E okay the A <laughs> the A Q the adaptability. Yeah. Quotient. Exactly. Learned something new today, folks. Um, what? So what's that? So that's all around uh, building your mental resilience apps. Right. So anything from when a challenge is presented, mm-hmm. how to overcome it, how to grow from it, mm-hmm. all around growth mindset around it. Because um, yeah. challenges will always appear. Mm-hmm. They'll always come. They'll always be there. And so it's really about how we deal with them, not if the challenge comes. So can you give any concrete examples of that, maybe names of clients where you've helped somebody work through that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So for example, um, you know, I was working with someone the other day who got made redundant to use um, a similar example. And, um, you know, at first it's a massive challenge. I've I've got bills to pay, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to support my family. Um, What will I do? You know, should I go, should I stay in a similar field? You know, this is is quite an overwhelming experience. Um, but you can you can work through it, and you can you know you acknowledge that there's all this you know all this pressure, all these difficult things that come with it, and all these challenges. But um, you know you, you start to look on the other side of the coin, and you say, well, actually, so how has it actually benefited me? So okay. this scenario, and it's at first you're like. Pfft. Absolutely not. You know, I've just got made redundant. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I don't have a job anymore. I need to pay. You know, need to pay mm-hmm. the bills. Um, but it's it's this is the point about resilience. You have to keep looking and keep asking. 
and and look for answers that you haven't found before and make connections that you haven't found before and so you know first and foremost something that um came to came to his mind was do you know i actually have an opportunity to spend some time with my children mm-hmm. in you know I'm, on, I'm actually on you know i've got my redundancy payment for the next i think it was four months mm-hmm. i got this opportunity while i decide what i'm going to do next yeah. even if i find a job immediately i've got four months with my kids and i happen to fall over summer actually do you know what that is a massive benefit yeah uh, this is definitely something that i wouldn't have got before mm-hmm. you know so how else is it a benefit well actually do you know what i've ended up reconnecting with a lot of my people i worked with before mm-hmm. to to really find out the, the state of the market and really what's going on outside of my company so i've actually learned loads about the industry in the last couple of weeks and, and really you know bonded with some people that are actually quite important to me but that i haven't spoken to in um you know a long time and you know and so on and mm-hmm. you know and so slowly by slowly you build it up and um and you know he actually you know got to a place where he he was, you know, quite centred. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, the challenge happened, but I can actually see how it's actually, you know, it's helped me grow. I've learned a lot. Yeah. I've, you know, I've got to spend lots of time with important people. Um, and, and he ended up sort of explore, taking the time to really explore a slightly different niche and going into that where he's actually a lot, you know, he's a lot more fulfilled now. Um, I'm not saying that happens to everybody. And he had three months of panic. Yeah. But it is, you know, challenge is a catalyst for growth for us or they can shift us on a different path and there are, there can be benefits out of it and there are always benefits out of it and it's not negating the challenges what, yeah, absolutely. but saying just take the time to look on the other side of the coin as well and it, it helps build our mental resilience and you know build this um, sort of psychological cushion for ourselves just as that's sort of a small part of it. I like that phrase challenges are catalysts for growth, kind of always look on the bright side of life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's 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 true, and we can't be all things to all men. No, we're never true. going to get it. We're never going to get it right all the time. And yeah, that's challenges are catalysts for growth. Mm-hmm. Hear that, people! Challenges <laughs> are catalysts for growth. You hear you heard that here first from um, uh, from Helen, and just taking a step. Back. So you started that life as a lawyer. Yes, exactly. Wanted to move into the world of law. What, what, what was your, was there a challenge which kind of gave you this catalyst for growth to do or something to, because that's a big switch to be <laughs> the corporate lawyer, big M&A deals, captains of industry type sort of thing to what some lawyers may perceive to be quite fluffy. Absolutely. Um, so why the, why the shift? Why the change? Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, there wasn't anything massive that came um, up for me in terms of like a big challenge, but I just caught myself one day, just after I came back from Christmas, being thinking, oh, I can't wait till Easter. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm literally wishing my life away. Yeah. And so um, I decided that I would, you know, I would go out there and explore what else was out there because I'd become quite interested in the tech and um, startup world, mm-hmm. and just you know I, I wanted to find out more and um, and so I, I left the corporate law firm and actually went to become a startup lawyer, okay. which was an amazing sort yeah. of segue. Um, because it, you know, so in-house counsel for a startup? No, we no. had this small um, law firm where we would get lots of, like almost hundreds of seed stage startups through right. every week, yeah. um, which was just this amazing insight into the startup world because we were meeting the people doing mm-hmm. it. 
Um, and and then I got involved in a in an organisation called Legal Geek, which is yeah. all about innovating. Yes, exactly. Uh, which is in, um, all about innovating the legal industry. And and while I was doing that is is when I really got into coaching and and working um, sort of with people in companies to help mm-hmm. them help them through either challenges or just really upskill them. And I think very much that's I mean it's super linked to what I why I do what I do now. Mm-hmm. Because when I was working in more of a corporate environment, I, I saw lots of people struggling, and now I feel like I have sort of sort of answers. I can really not answers, but I have tools. Yeah. I can really yeah. help people who were in similar environments to I uh, to mm-hmm. what I was. Yeah. Just really quite you know through you know quite simply and through various work you know very, just like one day smash workshops yeah. that it can really shift someone's thinking mm-hmm. and really just you know help them thrive elevate their life in a, in a very short space of time because I know that you know obviously lawyers are time poor and um, oh, it's not just lawyers I think everybody, everybody, everybody's yeah. time poor right well yeah that's super especially I think actually it's more and more you know the pace of work I feel is getting um, faster with the digital age and. Yeah, it, it is. There was this. Uh, I was on TikTok because I'm on TikTok. So yes, I understand amazing. how it works. And there was this like entrepreneur. And I've heard it before. I think even Gary Vee says it. He talks about you shouldn't sell time. You should buy time. Yeah. It's all about actually, you know, creating the time for um, uh, for yourselves. So uh, for you talked about the time where a. I'm guessing there's kind of a framework or 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 a model. Is there something? Is there any resource online that people can? go to to well obviously I discover but is there any kind of like books you recommend people reading or anything like that to help there are people that are interested in this kind of what you do this emotional intelligence emotional availability emotional adaptability yes yes, yes I, got that, right, yeah, I think um, what can people do yeah absolutely well um, I mean there's a number of things there's a, sort of a few a few different people out there that I think are, or, or authors out there that I think are really interesting um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, the, the sort of the Bible of emotional intelligence um, is, is written by someone called Daniel Goleman, and he wrote that way back in um, the 90s, and that sort of encapsulates both sides of mm-hmm. EQ and AQ. So Daniel Goldman, is that? Goldman. Goldman, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. We'll find the links and put it in the podcast. Yeah, fab. And then in terms of sort of really sort of, we talked a little bit about vulnerability yeah. and so Brené Brown has you know her series of it there's a, she has quite a few different books on it okay. and the reason I bring that up as well particularly is because um, you know you were mentioning that sometimes sort of partners and um, or, or and people who are not so so social media savvy mm-hmm. um, often don't want to sort of admit that they don't know but it's, yeah. she does amazing incredible work all about the power of vulnerability okay. and particularly in leadership um, and um, how actually vulnerability is an amazing superpower when it comes to leadership, which is something which is I you know it's that's I think a, a fascinating concept because I've just read a post by a partner from EUI about digital transformation. What I mean, digital yeah, transformation. Yeah, yeah. What even is digital transformation? But around it's the people process technology piece, and uh, I felt the bit that was that was missing. I didn't use the word vulnerab- vulnerability, but I might go back and edit the post, um, was visibility. Uh, okay. Is that leadership needs to be visible to the employees. Mm-hmm. It's all very well just sitting in the top going, we're going to transform and here's some tech, and then just hide behind a closed door. Whereas if you're, if you're visible, 
And what I mean by visible, actually, not necessarily walking the floor, but again, putting it full circle back to social media, either on things like Slack or Microsoft Teams, so mm. they can actually see you visibly, or actually more powerfully, if they have a presence online on either LinkedIn or Twitter primarily, and we know it's them doing it, it's not someone running it for them, that then the employee can feel more connected to leadership because they may never ever get to meet the CEO or managing partner, whoever it is, but if you're following them on social media, you are literally one uh, one removed. Then I think you layer that with the vulnerability piece which you were touching on. That could be incredibly powerful, right? Absolutely. Like, uh, very, very powerful. And do you know what? I was actually talking to, they are um, a um, recruitment firm, but they've started doing internal podcasts. Okay. Which I thought was a really nice. cool yeah, yeah. idea. So um, the idea being that it's, you know, it's for the company, it's to create mm-hmm. company culture and, and it's really um, to, to build, you know, communication between different departments so different people know each other and, and it's essentially one person from the company interviewing various different people. And I thought that was such... That's cool. I thought that was so cool yeah. and, you know, super forward-thinking and clever and it's this human element, isn't it? Um, and, and there is, in my opinion, really no replacement for, for people being humans, no matter how you know, far up the food chain they are. And, and people really respond to that. People really connect with that. So, so really yeah, interesting. I think that's where, you know, where the technology piece is. We're, we're becoming more connected, yet we're being less human. This <laughs> in a weird always, way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. More connected, less connected physically and emotionally. Yeah, I've got my two-year-old shouting at my SkyQ control at the moment because it's voice control. Oh, really? <laughs> so he gets really frustrated. He doesn't understand how to push the um, push the button. Um, but I digress. So there was the, the, the Goldman chap. Goldman, um, Brené yeah. Brown. Yeah, um, vulnerability. Yeah, and, uh, sort of, and also sort of, because we talked a little bit more about sort of adaptability mm-hmm. and mental resilience as well. There's, there's a particular coach from the US called Mel Robbins. Okay. And um, she has some great work. And she's, the reason I like her is because when it comes to that side of things, she's very straight talking. Right. And, um, you know, she's very, she's very much... Um, Propagates the idea that you know you have you know you have the reins in your hand. Yeah. Um. This is you know a lot of this is your choice. This you know take action. This is what you do. And uh, I really like that attitude because um, I think so often it's very easy for us to get caught up in um, in our stories and um, and justifying you know either inaction or yeah. or you know why we're acting a certain way or why we you know why we're so, why we're getting more volatile and, and things like this. So. So um, they're sort of the books that I okay. recommend. Awesome. And um, if any of our listeners, uh, are there, is there kind of some some basic, you know, you talked about the the why am I, but that's quite, you know, what, why am I doing things? Who am I? What's my purpose? That's quite a broad, mm. uh, you know, broad question. Are there, is there a kind of a subset of questions below that that you can start that people can you know if they are thinking when they're on their commute home you're sitting there a train going why do I go to work well that's quite a big question so can can we break that down a bit further sure I, I instead of maybe saying why do I go to work I would say what's it giving me okay I think because um, the why feels overwhelming almost yeah. so you know what's it actually giving me and you know, start to list things. So literally why I list them but why yeah why yeah. am I why am I turning up to this job and mm-hmm. not another job Okay. Because um, the, you know, often we feel like I have no choice. I have to be in this job. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, you no. Know, you could actually be in another company. Yeah. Or you know, so why that company? What is mm. it giving you to be in that company okay. in particular? Yeah. Um, you know, why that particular department? 
okay. in that particular role. Yeah. Because you know, if you if you really wanted to, you could also go and ask, you know, see if there's a different role that you could do. Mm-hmm. But if actually, you know, there's a reason you applied for that role in the first place, so yeah. what's that actually giving you? Um, what are you know, and then sort of, and then in terms of looking at what what bits of my job are fulfilling to okay. me, and really identifying those, and then also what's not. Because yeah, exactly. And and you know, if you if you make a list of all the different tasks you do and get as specific as possible, that mm-hmm. is always my advice. Okay. Because so what really break it down. Break so, it down yeah. and say what bits do I enjoy, what bits do I not, and then yeah. you can map. Okay. Um, because what happens is if you don't get specific, mm-hmm. or rather, it's the more vague you are, yeah, your mind exaggerates, and this applies to pretty much anything in life. Okay. So, so apply. You know, if you're if you're saying, oh, I'm really unhappy in my job, I'm really unhappy in my job. Um, you know, if if you talk of it as a whole, yeah. your mind will tend to exaggerate how unhappy you are. Okay, whereas, That's an interesting concept. Yeah, whereas if you break it down and you, and you can break it down to all the different elements of your yeah. job, and you say these are the bits I enjoy, these are the bits I don't, mm-hmm. already you'll dispel some of the charge about I oh no I don't like you know everything's not fulfilling and mm-hmm. everything is difficult because you'll identify some stuff that you enjoy more than others. Yeah. And then so already you're starting to see stuff in colour mm-hmm. rather than just black and white. Yeah. And the more we can start to see, see stuff in colour, the more we can manipulate it and the more okay. we can start to, you know, act, you know do, do something about it that's going to be effective. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you, if you see 80% of the stuff you're not enjoying 20 you are, how do you get more of the 20 in your life? Mm-hmm. What can you delegate out of the 80? Um, you know, is there a slightly, you know, a different role where you will do more of more of the stuff that you enjoy, and that you can really start to do something practical about it. Whereas if, if the if the story is, oh, you know, I'm just I'm just really unhappy. I'm just really unhappy. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's harder to do something about it that's going to be effective. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. Let's start seeing things in color yes. rather than in um, uh, in black and white. And that's been really interesting. Uh, any final points? Any final kind of pearls of awesome wisdom that you want to uh, uh, share with our listeners before we sign off? I mean, I'm not sure I'd call it a pearl of wisdom, but um, something that I always think about that's really important when it comes to sort of thinking about emotional intelligence or, um, or really communicating with other people is that we live in our heads so much and um, we almost have a filter um, on the world, how we sort of absorb information and how we, how we give it out. And, and one of the most effective things you can really do to elevate your emotional intelligence and your relationships, and, your, and whether that's personal or professional, mm-hmm. by the yeah. way, um, and your communication is taking the time and the energy to really get into somebody else's world and really trying to see where they're coming from. Um, so often we, we, you know, we go around broadcasting. This is this is what I feel. This is me, me, me. But if you can really take the time and energy to think, you know, how will what I say land, or you know, will they will they respond to this well if I say this? Coming from their point of view, um, you'll be amazed how quickly you know quickly you can really improve relationships or just really elevate communication. So that's kind of my my piece that I will leave you with. <laughs> that has been awesome. Uh, people can find you on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Find you on any other social media platforms? Uh, Instagram. Insta. And Facebook. Actually. Okay, perfect. We'll um, put all the links in the um, uh, in the podcast for you. Only have people to reach out and connect with you and ask absolutely, questions. Absolutely, absolutely. Kind of any questions, we're welcome. Any connections, also. Brilliant. Very happy. 
Well, thank you so much for your time uh, this morning. Thank you for being my first guest on the podcast. And to all my listeners, I hope you found that insightful, interestingly, uh, interestingly, interesting. Um, I certainly have, and you know, following her online is absolutely um, uh, fascinating. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out. If you want to recommend anybody you think I should uh, uh, talk to on the podcast, let me know. Otherwise, as ever, thank you so much for taking the time out of your morning, noon, night, wherever you are in the world to listen, and uh, until next time. Amazing.